Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Hills Cricket Club are celebrating their Golden Jubilee here in Fingal this year, 2019. The voices you will hear telling the story are the late Joe Clinton and his brother Seamus, Maureen Byrne and her son Paddy. Local historian Jim Bennett, international cricket player Matt DeWire, and Richard Winges, formerly resident at Milverton Hall. We start with Joe Clinton. Uh, out here in North County, Dublin here, there's a little enclave of cricket which has survived. And cricket is, is you know, nationally as a game... It's nothing, but locally, it's it, it's quite a popular sport. What happened was, you know, um, during the uh, the nineteenth century, we had these large estates of which we're we're surrounded by a number here. I mentioned Ardgillen and I mentioned Milverton, and then further afield we have Kenure at Rush, and then further on up we have the Malahide Estate, which where the Talbots were, and at that time, uh, in the uh, in the 19th century over in England, cricket had become a great social game. And uh, all these estates here in Ireland then tended to have their, their cricket team. Now, they invited other members of the gentry in to, to play on the team, to make up the teams. And there were great social occasions where there was a lot of whining and dining and whatever else there was. But what tended to happen was, if they were short of players, they would bring in their gardener or their or their, their farm labourer or whoever else was working on the land to make up the team. How cricket came to Ireland, it came as far as I can remember, it was told that Rush, Paris Permers up there, big, you know, lords or something, and they brought over English workers. To rush, and that's when the cricket starts. Go into the 1860s then, and not just the gentry were playing, but if they hadn't enough, they got their workmen to play as well. So there's a cricket club started in Balbriggan in the 1860s, there was a cricket club in Westtown in Denal, uh, and then in the 1880s, there were more teams coming up with the, the farm labourers playing, and it wasn't just gentry now, because in Fingal, unlike in the rest of Ireland, the land wars weren't that bitter because as a result of the various land acts, the f- tenant farmers were able to buy out their own holdings. The difference that made then is there wasn't the same level of dependence 
on the gentry as there was in other parts of the country, nor was there the same level of bitterness. So the landlords, the gentry and the ordinary people played cricket together, although it's reputed that in some grounds the gentry and the ordinary people had their meals at separate at tea. They didn't actually dine together. When those cricket matches were on and when those cricket matches were over, um, it, I think they actually split socially. Um, you know, whereas the, the gentry and the landlord and whoever you know, was in the big houses and the people that he invited in. They ate in one place and then these others who made up the team, they they socialised and ate somewhere else, you know, in another part, maybe out in the shed or whatever it was, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yes, but now you see it's completely different. Everybody, everybody is... Has equal status, and everybody, you know, you, 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 we would none of that, none of that kind of stuff would be tolerated. You know what I mean? And there was a club in this area called the Cronje Black Hills, and you say, no, where did they get Cronje? It was to show the sympathies for the Boers that were at that stage were fighting against the British, and the whole idea was cricket was supposed to be non-political, but when the Boers were beaten, then they changed the name back again, and they became the Shamrock Black Hills. Now, right through then, until with World War I, nearly all the cricket stopped. Although at a, at a recruiting thing in Skerries, there was a person criticised people, I thought, unreasonably, for preparing to play cricket and golf than to go to fight in Flanders. Now, I'd have thought it was reasonable enough that you would have preferred cricket or golf. Danny. But anyway, that's, that's... So, with the Civil War then and the War of Independence and so on, cricket restarted then in Fingal in 1925. The, the Fingal Cricket League was set up then in 1926 and there were teams took part in that. You know, several little townlands from as far away as um, Ballamadun and Mulhuddard, Old Town, Nall, and, and coming back here you would you, you would have had uh, Balrodri, Man of War, Rush, Skerries, and here, the, the, our local club here is, is called Black Hills. Now it's shortened now to become the Hills. There were like-minded individuals who came together who wanted to play cricket and got access to a field. There wouldn't be clubs as we understand them today. They simply were lads who were going to play five or six games in the year from about the middle of May to the middle of September, and that was it. So Fingard Cricket went from strength to strength and... Um, while it was played initially at, at a local level, it tended then, uh, with the passage of time, that it became, um, the, the, you know, a lot of the, the teams decided then they would go in and participate in the Leinster Leagues, which was really, wasn't the Leinster Leagues as such, it was really the Dublin League. So teams then from North County Dublin would travel into Dublin and play against the bigger clubs in Dublin, the like of the Trinities and the Phoenixes and... Leinster cricket clubs and and Flontarf and all those kind of stuff clubs, and likewise they would come out and play. And there was leagues set up. And in fact, uh, Rush Cricket Club was the first cricket club that went in there and uh, joined the Leinster League um, in the early in the early I think it might have been the early thirties, and uh, they won the first league in nineteen thirty one. The worst, I think it was the it was the Leinster Junior Cup. That's what it was called then. Now it was always serious, you know. While it wasn't, comp- I mean, 
lads play cricket and there are recounts of games that were stopped because of disagreements over interpretations of LBW and the stumps being pulled and lads going home and wanting to spend the night reading the law so that they'd know more the next time they didn't want to waste daylight so oh no, it was always competitive uh, and very competitive uh, Fingal teams actually play for keeps we were up sitting and there's no seats around they gave a field to the cricket club and they made it at wicket and up in Maguire's up the lane, I remember well, we were all sitting on along on the on the ditch like it was kind of like you know, it was kind of like that. And uh, the strumps and were all and they all go out and there was no such thing as I maybe some of them used to buy buy uh, painters trousers or something that stage, like you know, for white. And there was out on the field just starting and we were crying looking at it. And the next thing was Eddie Dole pulled out and he got annoyed over some something and he pulled up the stumps and away out the gate. <laughs> there was no cricket matches. <laughs> I started to play cricket in sixty one, the first game I ever played in, but I was nineteen years of age at that time. Uh and it was actually over on one of our fields. My father gave the there was a cricket club in the hills, uh, off and on in in the area up to we established the present cricket club, but there was there was always cricket in in, in the area. Now it was a haphazard arrangement. Farmers given uh, a field for the summer months to to, uh, to to play cricket on, and uh, like sometimes then you know in the 50s there was a lot of emigration lads emigrated to England there was no work here and sometimes they wouldn't have a team so there was no team like and every year like in 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 the in the in the history in the early in the 50s and 60s it's a question of will we have a team will we have a field we tagged around as maybe uh, juveniles um with the old some of the old club that was uh, playing an odd game with the local Scaries Club or Knockbrack or somewhere else like that. And uh, we were lucky enough to be sitting on the bench or on the fence and looking in at um, the rules of the game, which was it's two into the long grass and four into the longer grass and six if it clears, goes out of the field and it doesn't touch a briar on the ditch going out of it, you know. And lucky enough that... The gentlemen involved come back in the days were really, really oh, adamant cricketers. You know what I mean? The way your, your cricket was, you cycled to the game, you used communal cricket equipment because you wouldn't have your own, you had a few drinks out of a half keg, and then you cycled home. So obviously the, the teams had to be all within reasonable proximity. And the value of the Fingal League was, if you opted out for a year... There was a league structure that let you up back in. In the old system, there were challenges. So it's a bit like if you asked somebody to dance. Well, if you didn't make use of the dance, it was gone. So so then if you had a row over LBWs or wide or something, they weren't going to invite you back either. So whereas with a league structure, you could opt in and opt out and it was always there. The, the, the lorry, the lorry, the back of the lorry, mm-hmm. I think they had to give a shilling. But they, they went... They the met, the met in the hills. The glory didn't go down and pick them up. If the bikes, whatever they had, they, they met them up there at Arkill and Gate, up there. And I got, not them all, some probably went 
not on the lorry, but most of them did. Like you know, we went all over the country to cricket matches and everything. We marked out the pitch and uh, like rolled. We rolled, tried to roll. We get the the, the twenty two yards by uh, three yards strip that the, the what is the, constitutes the wicket. You would roll that to try and get it a bit flat. Now one of the big problems that there was pre nineteen seventy playing cricket in local farms. Farmers were using the, the there was no farmer that they got we got land off at that period in a position to give you a field that they wouldn't graze. Like farmers were using the, the fields for grazing cattle and sheep and horses sometimes and uh, they, so they couldn't. They couldn't uh, give you a field that uh, they had to use the field themselves, you know. And there was there were problems then with livestock, with excrement and all that. Like you know, you, if before we came, you'd be trying to clean the place up a bit, like you know, <laughs> in case some fell fall in it. Like you know. <laughs> that, that has happened. <laughs> yeah. You can bring them back right to that team in the late 1890s. So that was the Cronier Black Hills, then the Shamrocks, and they played right through up to the 60s. They were playing Fingal cricket with the Black Hills, and some of them were playing Leinster cricket with Balrothery, the likes of Joe Clinton, Lord of Mercy, and the Burns and those. And then in 69, at a meeting down in the home, Patrick, they, they said, look, they wanted more regular cricket. The Fingal cricket was a few games in the season because there were only four or five teams at this stage in the Fingal League. The Balrothery, Knockbrack, Man of War were all playing in the Dublin League and suddenly the Dublin League was getting priority. So they weren't getting enough games in Fingal. And then teams were coming and going. So they met in the home, Patrick. I know Seamus saw me figure. The room, the rented room cost two guineas. And they said they would try and go up to Mrs. Wenchies, who was a Woods, who would have been gentry, and see could they get access to the vineyard. In 1968, five members of the club went off to play cricket in Balrudry uh, in, the, in the Leinster League. And we played there for six, for 68 or 69. And uh, there were a number of lads, like a number of young lads in the area growing up, and the thought involved, like, you know, that we should form our own club and go into Leinster because we got it we got a taste of the going into Dublin to play cricket and very competitive uh, everything was done well the proper gear and everything else and it, it appealed to a, a lot of us the the whole concept so it was decided that in, 19, in 1969 it was decided that we would form our own club and go in, form a club and go into the Leinster play cricket in the Leinster in, in Leinster in 1970 now the set the big question then was like where where would we get a field? We couldn't manage the way we were half hours of the range with with farmers. You have to have a field that there'd be no livestock on, and uh, there was there was no small farmers around the area who were going to give us a field. Like, you know, so the thought evolved then that we would uh, approach the Wenches family. Uh, I remember Joe Clinton one day. He just we were working here, myself and Jimmy Bourne, Mary's brother, and we used to always. He used to do an awful lot with Joe, and so I was palling around with Jimmy. We used to hunt and do the thing together, and uh, Joe pulled up. We hopped into the van. Where are we going? Oh, we're going to look at the cricket pitch. And uh, the next thing I realised, we stopped outside now the vineyard. And there was two gates, because there was a double gate, and there was a ditch, and then another gate. 
and Joe was out, hopped across the first one, hopped across the second one, and of course he was halfway across the pitch to feel before I realised I'm witches, lads. And all I can remember seeing was these big, like, oh, like obviously with hundred bollocks, massive big bollocks in the middle of this big field, and Joe walked straight out to the middle of it, and he was uh, looking around him, and he said, this will do nicely. And uh, I said, you're joking. <laughs> Look at the holes in, in the crib. They were that deep with the bollocks, uh, with, um, yeah, this fine beef. And uh, so my father, Seamus, I think, and Joe um, went down to see Mrs. Wenchy. And uh, then uh, we got a little bit in the middle. We fenced it off. We dug up the, the holes with forks every day. We rolled it. And each year then we rubbed another little bit and then each year we rubbed another little bit and we went out further and further and further and further till uh, the day then that the bullocks disappeared and uh, Mr. Wench had only come in and cut silage on the outskirts. So Joe and David Morton and myself and Jerry Bourne, we went down and, and spoke to Captain Wenches. And Mrs. Wenches was a really great person, like, you know, and they were, they were Mrs. Wenches actually had a had played cricket in the thirties, and she had uh, had a genuine interest in the sport. This cricket pitch is here since nineteen seventy was when this cricket club played its first season here. And, um, and what was here before that? Well, it was just an ordinary field. Um, you see, we're on. It's part of Milverton Domain. This is this this is a state we're after just passing, and um, we. There was a there was a there was always a great tradition of um, cricket grounds on these estates. So we're not unique here in having cricket on on a on a domain. Now also up at Malahide you have Malahide Cricket Club that was on the Talbot Estate over in Rush Rush Cricket Club was on Kenyure Estate, um, and that's that's the way that's the way it was. And also too over at Balrodre. Uh, North County Cricket Club, they're also on part of what used to be a large estate. We put the tin shed up, we couldn't put it in the field at the time because that was trespassing. So uh, in between where I was telling you about the two gates, there was um, a fence and then another fence and just nothing but um, briars and ditch. So we cut all that back and we put up a little tin shed, uh, galvanised, so that we could change it. Yeah, you know, we'd get a stick and we beat it off the the door before we go in at the start of the year. Make sure there was uh, there was no little friends running around inside. It'd be all scarping out, you know. And then uh, we'd played it. We we lived. We worked in that for a while, and then the the ladies would yeah. dish up tea. It'd be all mobile. They'd bring it over and they'd do it up, and it'd be made tea for us while we're out of there. They were given access to the field. But Wenchies drew silage off it, so they couldn't play the games, the first games, until June. So they had to play their early games all the way. On top of which, cattle grazed on it, so it was had to be marked off. 
for a period as well. So they, they hadn't access to the field. They had It was still only half theirs. Then, a few years later, the Hill started to field a second and a third team, which meant there was a bigger pressure on fixtures. They went to the family and they were given a five-year lease. Now, that was the start of the club, really, because now they were in a, you, you had foundations. The initial dressing room was a car, was a wooden box from Buckley's a Shannon Road that the cars were imported in. So that wasn't too permanent. But by 1977, there were dressing rooms, there was tea rooms, uh, 72, 73 to put in toilets. So we're now starting to become much more permanent. The first home game was played in the vineyard on the 6th of June against Knockbrack Seconds, and the Hills won the match. Thomas McGrain, who was a great Fingal League supporter, secretary of the league for 40, 50 years, fantastic man, uh, not too well at the minute, Thomas Captain Knockbrack. Now that wasn't their first game though. The very first game that the Hills played, they played on the 17th of May 1970 in the Phoenix Park. Played at a club called St John Bosco in civil services ground in the, in the Phoenix Park. Super day, we, uh, we arrived up and the, the enthusiasm of our people, like uh, it was, ma- you know, with our first game in Leinster. And uh, the adrenaline that was in the lads, we were hyped up for it, like, you know, it was like an All-Ireland. And uh, the match went on, we batted first, made 180 and uh, we got them all in for 20. They were, we demolished I remember one evening the men got fed like you know we had one just long table there was no like we have now all but we had one big long table and we'd, we'd, the men would be sitting and when they came out all the young crowd would be rushing in like Martin and Paddy probably there and, and, and it, see, well, there were children and I remember a man from, down from Dublin he said my god that's like Sunshine House <laughs> that's Sunshine <laughs> <laughs> we always had a, a great name for food over the hills because then when, when things got better, like you know, they got everything. They got like us, we got cheese and ham and chicken and every sandwiches and cakes, homemade cakes. We knew all the such a body, such a body is playing cricket today. He doesn't like, he doesn't eat butter on his bread. And we'd put the bread on a plate and put his name on it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Such a body doesn't like onions. <laughs> yeah. He like eggs, sandwich without onions. Morning too now. Huh? It was fantastic. Oh, great. We'd, we'd great. we'd a great time over there. Like we didn't we didn't do it as we were doing work. We were happy as Larry, we'd a great laugh and we'd a great Comradeship, like you know, wasn't it? They all have to do this today. Um, the ladies in question, um, my mother, her sister Maggie, Olive Morton, the marrying them, they were smaller at this time, but the uh, Margaret Clinton, the elderly ladies, they used to make teas for us in a little tin shed. Why was it called the vineyard? Well, the interesting thing about the vineyard was it, it was called the vineyard because it was a field which was within the cartilage of the road that ran around Milverton but was not owned by my family. And I think for two generations, um, uh, my great-uncle and my great-grandfather my um, uh, all tried to purchase this field without yeah. success. And finally they did purchase it. And they called it the vineyard, 
obviously alluding to the biblical parable about the man who coveted his neighbour's vineyard. Um, so it, it, it was kind of something that had been bought in. It wasn't part of the original plot. And so when uh, the Hills Cricket Club approached the family um, with regard to uh, a, uh, a suitable piece of land in which they could um, uh, develop the Hills Cricket Club, um, it seemed like the perfect place because it was relatively level um, and it wasn't going to impinge on any of the farming activities or whatever else as it was on the periphery of the of, of the farm. In 1971 or 72, 72 maybe, the Wheel and Cup was introduced like in, in Leinster and uh, we actually w- we won the first Wheeling Cup was put up by Pembroke Cricket Club and we, the two years we, we, we won it the first two years and a lot of the, a lot of us were still involved in farm at that stage and the matches were played in the evening time and we, we actually had to go into Dublin to play the games but the work stopped at 4 o'clock <laughs> wives and mothers and everyone went Now when was the coach brought in? The first coach that came in was Joe Caprani Joe played cricket in his latter years for Malahide. He was an Irish international, was a great friend of Joe Clinton's and had a great interest in coaching. And interesting his, it was in he wanted to coach good cricketers. So he worked with our young cricketers and we had a f- group of magnificent young cricketers at the time who became the nucleus of our first team for the next 20 years as a result of what Joe Caprani did. It's funny as it goes back them days, we were self-educators um, Possibly, um, if we were to think back, Joe Caprani, um, Joe Clinton's very good friend, and uh, he was oh, he was an amazing man, and uh, he came in and kind of coached us when we were beyond coaching, because we were mature, you know. And some people say um, uh, practice makes perfect, but in my eyes, practice makes permanent. And if you practice things the wrong way, it's permanent and it's very hard to unculture. So he had an awful task uh, to try and make, to, to smooth in the rough edges that was on us guys. But um, I think myself, he saw a lot of potential in all the cricketers that was at the time, probably 14 or 15 of us at the time, that was um, went on to such great heights. Tell me about the cricket match that you remember the most. The senior cup final in in Carlisle, where where um, the Hills played Carlisle on their home ground in a very first senior um, final. Um, yes, like I mean, uh, it was probably the culmination of, of a lot of hard work, like you know that that the club had done to get senior status. Because bearing in mind to get senior at that time was an invitation only and we struggled to get by that invitation uh, because obviously we were out in the Fingal area and all the clubs were basically speaking from Malahide yeah. on into, into Dublin and the south of Dublin so it wasn't easy to get senior status and then when we did do that it it was it was a level that was probably slightly above us until we sort of um, moved into the well to the two ways of playing senior cricket like you know we had played junior cricket prior to that so which was a different type of game. And playing senior cricket was much more taught about, and we just played cricket because we saw ball, hit ball type thing. So we had to learn an awful lot. And um, getting to a final then against one of the one of the, the Dublin sides was obviously a fantastic thing. 
Well, I suppose, like everything, the first is always the, the one you think about most, like, you know? Yeah. But certainly I could, I could, I could ream off a hundred more memorable games <laughs> than that <laughs> sure. because it wasn't a very good game of cricket, you know? Yeah. Um, but certainly, obviously, you never win your, f- your cup, your cup uh, once the first time again, like, you know? So certainly it was it was a, a big uh, part uh, in, in, the, in the hill sort of history, like, you know? I, the next big thing for the club was the pavilion. Designed by... Richard Wenches. Sean Gilbride, Lord of Mercy, who was a county councillor, became involved with the club with the whole planning issues. And from the early 90s, uh, this was going to planning. And it was ready in on the 6th of August 1995, opened by Sean Gilbride, and Mick Dwyer was our chairman that year. And it was the culmination of a magnificent lot of voluntary effort. It was all our own lads built it. So we were always looking for a permanent structure and we had to get over the line with the winches to allow that to happen. And uh, they then gave us the permission to follow that up and then we went for planning permission for a pavilion. And the beauty about the whole thing was, in the, in the end, was the winches didn't want us to build a, a, club, a permanent clubhouse. Richard Winches was the architect on the job, which was, was great, like, you know... Um, and he designed a clubhouse that was a cricket clubhouse rather than a building to, to house cricketers, like, you know, and the design of it and the features of it were excellent. And Now, we didn't have any money of any sorts, like, to build this thing, and we got a, we got a, a quotation for 120,000, which would have been uh, punts, I suppose, at the time. And um, how in the name of God are we going to build that and you had no money, like, you know? So money wasn't, uh, grants weren't hugely available. So we had 5,000 in the bank, and we decided that if we didn't start this thing, um, it would never be done. So we took a hole in the ground to start the building with 5,000 in the, And we got a lottery grant then, just following that. So the 5,000 was spent, and the lottery grant was bits and pieces of the lottery grant was received, and more was spent. It was voluntary work, and so it was a, It was a sort of like a, a rolling stone. So... Um yeah, it, it, it was a hugely uh, uh, beneficial thing um, to the local community because cricket is very big in, 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 and has been for a long time in, in, in Fingal. Um, and I think when I when I last heard, they're fielding 13 teams at the moment, right from sort of kids right the way up to um, to, 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 um, to, to the senior teams. Um, and they... Because I happen to be an architect, I suppose um, I was I was the go-to man for designing the clubhouse. So they asked me to to do that, and um, happily it seems to have worked out quite well. We were trying to get it from the Winches for a good number of years, and then Treasury Holdings came on board and bought out the Winches for a golf development and a country club style um, project, hotel, and two golf courses, and. In fairness to Michael Wenches and the family, they insisted that that we would have um, sort of rights there and Treasury Holdings turned around and said that they would, once the project was up and running, that the hills could have the, the freehold. Um, so we made an offer of 25000 to NAMA and NAMA agreed the 25000 Now... It didn't go down too well with everybody because we were going to get it for nothing. But in the end, 25000 whilst it was a lot of money for the Hills Cricket Club, it wasn't a lot of money in the context of mm. the piece of land. And that now is, I, uh, as 
as far as I'm aware, paid off, and so we we owned our our, our piece of land. So, uh, with with all the turns and 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 uh, on the road, we, we got where we were wanted to get. I, I think I think it was a great success, but I think also, um, I mean, we're, we're talking about um, the, the thing came about as a re- result of of, of um, conversations with with our immediate neighbours. I mean, it wasn't like this it was. As, result in negotiations with some incoming body from outside uh, this this was a neighborly arrangement between between, between local farmers effectively I, I tell you one of the great features of our cricket club over here at, at the hills is that uh, we have developed a tremendous sense of community there see cricket is not like a GAA match where you you, you come in and it's all action and then everyone goes home now, for instance, last Saturday, for instance, uh, what, whatever date last Saturday was, I think it was the 17th of May, yeah, and we're into 2008 now. So that particular day, my son Luke was the captain of the cricket team. So we were playing in the Leinster Senior Cup first round match against, I'll just give you an idea of, yeah, of, of yeah. what way it worked. What happened was the game started at 11 o'clock. So the players were over there. Now, he was over there at about 9 o'clock. It's a massive job getting cricket pitches by their very nature are very high maintenance. And uh, you have to roll out this wicket. It's what's called a wicket. And that had to be, that they'd been working on that for about three weeks. So anyhow, the game started at 11 o'clock. So uh, we followed the kind of the traditions of cricket in that at 11 o'clock the game started. And then at one o'clock they stopped for lunch. So they had a massive big lunch there of beef and peas and new spuds, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And uh, then they had whatever they had. And then the game continued on. It stopped again then at a quarter past five for tea. So the game continued on until it, until, until it finished at about seven o'clock in the evening. So you're talking about over the course of a seven and a half hour match. So during the course of that, people drop in and they sit down and they talk to their friends. There's a tremendous sense of community there. Now, at the Hills Cricket Club, which is only one cricket club, we operate five adult teams. Five adult teams of 11 each, and some of the teams, you know, maybe draw on about 15 players. So you're talking about quite a sizable base. Now, we also have, you know, because we have all these youngsters coming around, the sons and the daughters, we also operate then underage teams, several underage teams. Now, we actually have, just like within the GAA, we have our own development officer. So, you know, we've somebody there developing the game. Well, we've come to the end of the story of the Hills Cricket Club. My name is Maurice O'Keefe, and it has been a privilege to be involved in putting on record such a unique element of social and sporting history here in Fingal. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.